You are listening to High Shelf Gaming. This is a show where we talk about board games and role-playing games and gaming conventions. If this is what you're looking for, please keep listening. You can always find us on our website, Facebook group, Facebook page, or on Twitter and Twitch and Discord, all under the name High Shelf Gaming. Super easy to join the community, and we look forward to meeting you. Hey everyone, David Gillespie here again with High Shelf Gaming, and as always, I'm joined by the auspicious Rich Wisniewski. Oh, Dave, you definitely understand me. I am very auspicious. Sometimes people might say I'm ostentatious also. Austin. <laughs> That's because I, I watch a lot of those Austin Powers movies. No. So. so everything is Austin? <laughs> yeah, baby, it makes me very ostentatious. So I thank in, you for recognizing that. Indubitably. Uh, and, I, and also... I got my today. mojo. Oh, God. <laughs> this is going to be a good one. And also joining us tonight is a dear friend of mine, a longtime friend of mine, Barry. Dude, welcome to the show, man. Thank you. And a personal enemy of mine. So this should be fun. Would you get it's, your mojo off me? Yeah. <laughs> it's very, very unbecoming Don't tell of you. David we're in the same room. I wanted to have you on the show for so long. You and I are really good buds. We go way back to my VR days, and we play a bunch of board games together. But by way of introduction, could you kind of tell the audience what kind of games you play or what you're, uh, you know, what you're into? Sure, I love games. I have as long as I can remember, and I'll play just about anything. I I've sat at cons and played horrendous games and played them through just because it's a game. If I had to focus on something, I like thinking games to, you know, apply myself to. In video games, uh, Twitch gaming's not my thing, um, mm-hmm. in spite of that being kind of how you and I met. But yes, I mean, if there's a long game, if there's diverse strategies, if there's the opportunity to find, you know, a different angle to attack it, that's that's what I love. Yeah, yeah, I remember uh, long nights playing, uh, you know, Axis and Allies with you and mm. uh, whole, all kinds of... Uh... Twilight Imperium, maybe? Oh, do we ever get... To Twilight Imperium? I don't think we ever did. Man. We played a lot of real games, a lot of Axis and Allies. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Some Play-Doh games and... <laughs> Play-Doh. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Your Play-Doh game is so good. We have got to do thing, a thing on the Play-Doh game, because that is hilarious. Is this I, a made-up game? Uh, no. Well, I mean, not by me, anyway. Yeah, I mean, all, all games are made up, Rich. Oh, that's true. <laughs> I refer to it as my personal nightmare, but... Watching you conduct the Play-Doh game is really fun. But that's not what we're talking about tonight. Are we talking about the VR sets? Did you guys ever do the driving one? Where you're in like the cargo sled racing instead of in the pods? Red Planet? Is that what it's called? Yes. <laughs> okay. I oh, told... that's right. The, the mining ships. Yes, yes, yes the yes. mining ships. That's yes. right. <laughs> I, was, I, I was drove like, I was like... by the old um, VR world in Dallas the other day. It's actually in Addison, right? Is it yeah. Addison? Yeah. One of the look. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I drove by it and I had this flashback of driving that mining car racing in VR. Mm-hmm. Well, whatever, you know, the version of VR that we had at that time. And um, I almost hit like two people. But yeah, we're not talking about that either. Sorry, I just got us off topic. <laughs> <laughs> That's how Barry and I met was at, was at the VR pods. The racing game Red Planet was one of my favorites for, for sure. God. Man, memory lane there. Okay. Um, <laughs> Barry, what are we talking about tonight? I have been invited to uh, talk about the game Acquire. A really, Ooh. really, really old game. Even older yes. than me. Yes. Acquire Master. I, it came out in like the 70s? 
early 60s. Early 60s. Holy crap. I wasn't even born then. See, we're folks, uh, we have a habit on this show of finding old games you can't buy anymore and wanting to talk about them. No, this one you can actually get now. Uh, well, that leads us to an interesting question. Kind of janky though. now. Yeah. What, what, what version do you guys play when you play? I actually have, I've, I've got a 1964 set, Ooh. and uh, it is my favorite set to play with. I've got a couple of newer ones as well. Given the, given the choice, the way that old one feels, the, the way that the tiles feel, the little plastic you know yeah. pieces and everything, the way they snap into place. And again, I don't want to imply that it's like craftsmanship to it, but compared to the you know the the newer cardboard and yeah, stuff, yeah. It's, it's a different feel. And it's yeah, because you got these tiles and you place them on the board. And I've played on your set, and yeah, it's like this real satisfying like chunk. It goes into it, its it spot. And it's in. it's okay. solid. And you're right. You know the new the new board game acquire, which is done by uh, Hasbro now. Um, mm, are that you sure? I thought. It, let me look that up. Keep going. Keep going. I'm going to go to the. I'll do some. I, I will vote with David on this because I'm pretty sure Hasbro uh, purchased that along with every other cool game from. Yeah, I mean they own they own D and D. They own all all these awesome games now. Magic. I thought the it was Avalon Hill. Once upon a time, it was. Oh, okay, okay, okay. That's the box I'm used to seeing at, right. the, at, the, at the game shows. Right, right, yeah. And so Hasbro showed Convention. up with their with their briefcase full of money and said, so, Avalon Hills, how you feeling? <laughs> Give us a choir. We would like to acquire a choir. Oh, that's kind of oh. funny. <laughs> I wonder how fun games. that meeting was. We're here to right. acquire a choir, and then everybody's all punny, and then they're all like, doctor, doctor, shaking hands. <laughs> <laughs> And then there's like one bean counter. It's like, fuck, where am I? I concur. <laughs> yes, I concur. I should have concurred. <laughs> what the, nine! Um, nine! So Acquire is a... Uh, we're tar- already talking about it. It's, it's one of the older board games, but unlike a lot of the older board games, it is a gem. Like, it, it's simple like the old ones, but it makes a lot of sense uh, to me. And I just... I don't know, like, it's one of my favorite board games, especially to play with you, Barry. It's a fantastic economic simulation that happens to be fun. You're right. Well, that's, <laughs> that's a, a great... very nice adjective at the end. That's fun. a great way to put it, because it really does, to me anyways, seem to model uh, markets. You know, uh, the, the game starts, and you've got a few um, tiles already seeding the board, and as players take their turns, more tiles get dropped, and eventually hotels start propping up. And that's the point of the game is you've got these hotels and then all these hotels are there. There's tons of hotels on the board. Just like, you know, when a new industry pops up, there's tons of whatever the thing is. Search engines. Sure, cars. Yeah, whatever, whatever the industry is. This game models all of those pretty well because it's a ton of them and then they like consolidate and then maybe some more prop up. But there's this inevitable drive towards consolidation. Now, Rich, just because there are hotels in this game, it should not be confused with Monopoly. You know, I was already thinking about that as I'm looking at these pictures. But then as I look at the pictures, I think of something else. Cones of Dunshire. <laughs> oh, because you've got the tile and the little thing on top of the tile. Yeah. Yeah, okay. I'm okay. wondering. I need to go research the Cones of Dunshire rules. See, and by the way, I talked about being an acquire master. I've never played acquire. Oh, <laughs> dude. We should play together and you can you can see what it, what it's like when you play with Barry. Because it is, man, you got to bring your A game. I'm you wondering cannot. about all these like squares with all their numbers and letters and oh my god! You know, mechanically, the tiles, folks. If you've never played Acquire, feels a lot like Scrabble. 
right? Mm -hmm. You reach into a bag, you grab some tiles, and those are the ones you play with. Now, instead of, like, Scrabble is letters, and you got to place them to make a word. In this, each tile is a grid coordinate, a letter and a number. And that tile can only live in that spot. And you have to decide, is placing this tile advantageous to me or one of my opponents? And that kind of determines which tiles you need to play. And in the beginning, it all kind of doesn't matter because... You're hoping for anything. Yeah, you're hoping for anything. Get, get me a hotel. That's all I care about. I don't care where it is. I don't care what it's situation. I just need a hotel. Um, and then after that, it's uh, once it starts to get populated with tiles, those decisions become really important. But yeah, it's uh, that the tile mechanic is a ton like Scrabble. It's going to be very familiar there for anybody who hasn't played before. To talk about the economic simulator just a little bit more, the base foundation of the game is all of the players are hotel tycoons. And you all start off with the same amount of money. And you can use that money to buy shares. Well, that's not like real life. In the okay, I funny. wouldn't get to start with the same amount of money as Donald Trump. No, no, no but you could borrow. <laughs> but either way, you get you have money, right? So it's, it's, it's everybody has to be somewhat fair. So you start off with some amount of money. And as hotels enter the game, whoever makes the hotel gets a free share, and then everybody else gets to buy shares into that hotel as well. Mm. And you have to decide which well one. Is yeah, there yeah, a as well certain as limit to shares? There's a fixed number of shares per hotel. And this Total is 25. This is the beauty of that game. So everybody's taking their turn. And when you take your turn, you're only allowed to buy three shares a turn. Doesn't matter how much money you got. Doesn't matter how much people like you, how much they hate you. Doesn't everybody gets to buy up to three shares if they can afford it? If they can afford it, yep. Because the money matters a little bit. Yeah, because eventually you run out. <laughs> so, so I love this part because you, the first person to make the hotel gets a free share, and then they can buy three more of their own hotel. The person after them could buy three shares, and now those two people are competing for first place. Oh. First and second place. The person after them has to decide, do I want to get in on this race? Do I really want to compete when there's already two people in here? If it's the only game in town and the price is right, yeah, I want to compete. But if it's not, uh, maybe I don't compete. So almost immediately, you're, where you are on the board and like who owns what in what hotels, it all matters. Because that 25 share limit means that to lock in first place on the hotel, you don't have to buy 25 shares. You have to buy, what, 13 shares. Unless there are more than two people in there. Right. And then that number starts shifting. Oh. So for oh, every chain, yes. your brain is constantly doing this calculation of, you know, where am I towards, you know, getting that top spot? Where are these people towards getting that top spot? How do I make sure that this person gets top spot and not this person? It's mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And there's a, what? Uh, seven hotels? It's, uh, yeah, seven. Three, two, and two. Yep. Yep. Yeah, so there's seven hotels. So it's not like everybody's competing for the same one. There's seven potential races all happening at the same time for something like three to six players. So it, it gets very dynamic very quickly. Barry, do you play shares up so everybody can see who owns what in what thing, or do you play shares down? It depends entirely on who I'm playing with. If I'm playing with uh, someone that has a lot of comfort with the game and we like playing just, you know, hardcore, 
crush the other person, then absolutely, I'll jump in and we'll play, you know, where the money's hidden, where the shares are hidden. You, you don't know anything that you don't keep track of. Yes. If I'm playing with newer people, then we might have one or the other or both, you know, either money, shares or both, uh, you know, completely wide open. Yeah. Um, just because it's it's a lot to keep track of. And especially it's it's one of those games that the rules are pretty simple. The strategy to it tends to take a, a lot of people a few games before they it kind of clicks with them. Yeah, that's a good point. Like, I think the rules fit on one sheet of paper. You know, you place a tile, you buy up to three shares, and you draw a tile. And that's it. Those are the things you get to do. So your turn is very simple. And there's some rules about which tiles are legal to place and, you know, how expensive hotels are by, you know, how many tiles are attached to that hotel and all kinds of stuff there. Tier it is. Yeah, exactly. And it's kind of funky because when you first start, you think, oh, I want to have the biggest, baddest hotel. And it's like, yes, yes, yes. You want to end up with the biggest, baddest hotel. Early in the game, that is suicide. Right. You, Damn it. That would be my yeah. strategy. Yeah. I am already in trouble. You want to make a hotel that is going to very quickly be eaten by another hotel. Oh, this is the merger part of the game. Right. Because as whenever two hotels touch, one of them is going away. Right. Well, if you do, it's fine. You just, one of you is obliterated and the other soldiers forward. So, and, and early in the game, you want to be the one that gets obliterated. Yeah. Yeah. Because when you get taken off the, off the board, you get a cash payout as the first and second place owner of that hotel. Oh. And it's kind of a, dude, it's kind of a push your luck game too. Because if a hotel stays super tiny, you're guaranteed to be eaten. But the payout isn't very good. Man, this almost sounds like Mortal Engines. We should play Mortal Engines. No, it's a book. Oh. <laughs> about the about the towns that, that are on wheels that eat other towns. And it's called um it's count it's like called uh town town um what's it called when people evolve? Oh town dwar town dwar dwarvenism. Um what's what's the word for I'm evolution? sad to say there's a movie about this and my yeah. wife made me watch it. What, what, what's are the, you serious it what's was horrific the, what is the, the the book is better what what's it called when things evolve what's the guy what was the guy that did it darwinism darwinism thank you that that's it yeah the they called it municipal darwinism that bigger towns would eat littler towns huh. so this is kind of that idea as soon as something oh no it doesn't have to be bigger they just have to touch well okay that's okay good, yes so uh, so whenever there's, this is actually an important rule clarification. If two hotels touch, one of them is going away. The owners of that hotel get a payout. First and second place get a payout. Everybody who owns shares gets to decide what they want to do with them. There's rules there. We don't have to get into that part. But if the two hotels are the same size, the person who places the tile gets to decide which one stays and which one goes. Whether you're a shareholder or not. Otherwise, it's the bigger one eats the little one. Right. And and this is the thing. Municipal Darwinism. Barry and I play this game. I mean, dude, we're counting each other's stuff. We're, we're checking. All right, he's got exactly this much money. That means he can buy exactly this many shares of this hotel before he runs out of money. You know, like we are on it like a hawk because we know how each other positions. We know how other people can position. And when somebody comes in and like places a spoiler tile. Mm-hmm. And just for for no benefit to themselves, like they're not even in either oh, of these two hotels. Oh, you mean playing a game with me? 
<laughs> I just want okay. to watch the so, world burn. Right. Yeah. So it, when so you this game gives you that power, and this might be oh! why, this ga- this might be the reason why you and I have never played this game. Because um, <laughs> when love you, to watch the world burn. when you when you pl- if you're not in the hotel and you just arbitrarily decide David wins and Barry loses, Barry and I both ugh, groan because like. We want to we want to win on competitive merit, not because somebody came along and just waved a magic wand and you know gifted me two thousand dollars and Barry got stuck with a hotel is never going to get eaten. And ordinarily that happens because someone is starting to understand what's going on in the game and how it's mm. played, and they realize that they're completely screwed. Oh, yeah. So the I don't first... have to wait till I'm screwed. I just like to watch the world. So play. so the first game, I I. I think that this game, you have to kind of get through one game and you have to get almost to the end at least before everything starts to kind of make sense of what you should have been doing this whole time. Because there are unannounced and unpredictable stages in the game. Yeah. Go over that again. Say that one more time. There are, it's not documented, but there are stages in the game. David mentioned earlier that, you know, the early game is all about taking and getting your hotel chain you know, emerged into a larger hotel chain. And what you're doing there is you're generating capital. You're trying to build your nest egg so that you can start becoming a power player and buying into other things. At some point in time in the game, in every game it's a little bit different, you transition from being, all right, I want to be the guy that gets my stuff, you know, gobbled up to, okay, now I'm positioning for the end game. And the end game is all about owning the biggest chunks of the, you know, the biggest hotels. And knowing when to make that transition is really, really important. And until you see it a couple times, you don't even realize that there are different stages. Yeah. Mm. And, 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 there's, and remember, there's kind of three different currencies that you have. You have your money, and that is super important because if you don't have any money, you're not making deals. You're not buying shares. You're not changing your position on the map. So you'll notice like when Barry and I play – no, we don't. We don't invest in really expensive hotels, or at least the ones that are like getting bigger quickly. No, 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 no. We want the cheap ones because you want the money to last, right? You wanna, you wanna stretch out. You wanna get as much shares as you can out of your starter money as possible. And so the second thing that matters is just how many shares you've got, because just having a big portfolio of shares is in its own self power in mm-hmm. this game. And so kind of tracking between those two things. And the last thing that you're also tracking on is the size of your hotel relative to the neighboring hotels. And are they close to becoming what's called safe? Once a hotel gets so large, it can't be eaten by other hotels. Mm, that goes against municipal Darwinism. Eventually a, a thing is just so big that it's not going to be eaten, at least in as far as this board game is concerned. Like Disney is never going to be bought. Right. Everybody, please mark this part in the tape for when Google buys Disney. We can all go back and go, what up, Biatch? You are wrong again. That's right. Too too right. Too right. Yeah. Eventually, Amazon or somebody could buy Disney. fair, Fair point. But in this game, your hotels can eventually become safe. And between those three things... It can be kind of a mystery when you're moving from early game to mid game Mm. to late game. And for different players, that might be happening at different rates. So that's the important thing is really to recognize when is the game in general 
at that mid or later stage? And where are you at <laughs> in your play style with the money you've got left over and how many turns until it's likely that stuff is going to start popping and going away? It's just it's just a really interesting game from that perspective. Like the strat of it is really neat. And I like the point that you don't even understand this for like three times. And then you start to see that. And that kind of feels a little bit like chess too. You know what I mean? It's a, I mean, every piece only has a certain couple ways it goes. And mm-hmm. there's a beginning, middle, and end part of the game. And at the beginning, you just can't see them. And then as you play chess more, you start going, oh, 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 we're entering the phase. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. do you guys enter at the same time? Or did I pick up from what you said? You could enter different phases of the game. And Barry could be at a different phase of the game. The, the phase of the game is the phase of the game. You uh, may not realize that you've moved on. Got it. <laughs> so got you it, may be it. a turn or two behind before you're like, oh, I'm behind all of a sudden. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's a good point. I like that. I like that. The uh, Another, you know, we talked about, you know, being able to purchase shares, but whenever a hotel is gobbled up by another, it kind of like in the real world, uh, whenever there's a, a merger, the purchasing chain will issue, you know, shares based on the ownership in the other company. It's kind of the same thing in this. So whenever a smaller hotel is merged into a larger, the shareholders can take and trade their shares at two for one. So if I own, you know, four shares of uh, Tower and, you know, it gets, you know, merged into, you know, Saxon, I could take and trade those four shares for two shares in Saxon. So, you know, one of the strategies you can do and kind of surprise jump ahead of someone who's feeling safe in the chain is manipulate it so that you build a little bitty tiny appears to be worthless hotel and you get 14, 15, you know, shares in it. And all of a sudden, yeah. slam, you merge it in and you've got seven, oh. you know, shared jump. Yeah. Yeah. On it. So the game can turn really quickly. Yeah. And so something that. You know, let's say that you've owned, you know, you know, you've been in the lead on this chain for the entire game and you're feeling, you know, really comfortable that no one's going to catch you. And all of a sudden someone merges this little piece of crap hotel into yours and you are no longer, you know, the big man. You're just a minority shareholder. Yeah. And that's where that I talked earlier about that magic 13 number. If you own 13, nobody can ever pass you. But a lot of times races will peter out. Mm-hmm. Let's say let's say you bought nine into a hotel and it started to get expensive. So everybody else kind of stopped and and you end up owning, you know, three shares more than anybody else at the table. So you're like, all right, three shares ahead means that I'm a full turn ahead of everybody else. At worst case, someone's gonna tie me in ownership before I then go and buy 12, you know, up to 12 shares, you know. So knowing the the purchase limit matters there, and so you feel safe at nine. Right. Well, Barry comes along merging his little teeny tiny Saxon or his little, you know, his little uh, hotel tower. Thank you for not seeing my little tower. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> as, the, as the sentence was forming in my head, I was like, mm, I need to change this. <laughs> um, uh, so as that hotel gets merged, all of a sudden, Barry's, you know, two tile sized hotels, the smaller the hotel, the cheaper it is to buy, all of a sudden is trading into this behemoth hotel. And it's like, cool, I'm going to get rid of all my shares for this cheap hotel. And I'm going to trade it in for shares that are immediately worth way more than what I spent to buy in. And I now have majority ownership, or I'm tied for majority ownership, right? Tying, it can almost be worth it. Uh, because when you tie, 
the final payout is you get both. The majority and minority payout go to both players. And that has been a game-winning decision. And in the end of this game, whoever has the most money is the winner of this game. So, and all of that stuff matters when it gets down, especially towards the end and you're making those final turns, those final decisions. It's just critical. Do you buy one share of this? Do you buy two shares of that? You're almost never buying three shares of a thing unless there's like, something obvious, but almost always you're like getting like little teeny tiny uh, advantages on individual Mm. properties. It's really interesting to me. Does it turn out to be a game of inches when you're out, when you're all the way done, is it a dollar? Is it that kind of thing that you're, you're like, Oh my God, I beat you by $5. I think in friendlier games that happens pretty often Yeah. in the more secretive hardcore games there tends to be pretty large gaps. Yeah. Because just the the available intel of being able to see where people are ends up with a whole lot more, um, you know, the crabs pulling the other crab back into the pot. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, the more secretive games, you may not realize who's, you know, stretching out a lead. It, there might be tiny separations in number of shares owned. Barry could own one more share than me in a hotel. But the money difference of that is huge. Oh. So there is a little bit of truth in there when you're saying, you know, a game of inches because you are jockeying for individual shares at the end. And depending on your position in that hotel, that could be really important. But at the end of the day, whoever's in first place on a hotel is going to get a huge payout compared to second place, compared to third place, who gets nothing. Well, other than being able to sell for the value. Right, yeah. Hence why you say there's a point that sometimes players realize they're just screwed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Because if and you're, they just go crazy. They if, go, you're wow, if you're third place in a bunch of hotels and you're not first or second in anything, yeah, that can be rough. Because there's not really a, a path to victory at that point. And there's no way to take shares from anybody, right? So it's a, it's a all right, well, how can I end this game quickly? And a lot of times in their, you know, path to do that, they are inadvertently becoming kingmakers, which is the the part that, that kind of drives Barry and I nuts because we're like fighting for first and second place or mm-hmm. third place sometimes in my in my in my view. If, if I'm playing with you and like a one or two of other star friends, it's like, I don't know, kids. <laughs> oh, hold on. That brings up a good point. How many people can play acquire at once? Six. Three, three to six. Ooh, six max. Yeah. Six is great. Yeah. Yeah. This sounds it, like a game that gets better with more people. Six now, is good. Yeah. You say three. In the early versions of the game, including my 1964 version, there are actually two player rules. Dropping some geek cred. Oh. Interesting. Do you play a ghost third player? You do not. It just it changes the way that uh, you handle payouts and things like that. Oh, because, yeah, I mean, everybody's going to be majority and minority. Mm-hmm. Huh. That's neat. I like that. I kind of want to see those rules for for a two player game. I'm not going to show you. Google maybe. Yeah, we'll have to we'll have to link those. That's really neat. I love that. Okay, so what is the now? I've never played Acquire. Um, it was made in 1964 or 62 or 67, something like that. What is its acceptance? Am I like the lone geek out there who hasn't played Gloomhaven, and this is where this is at, or? I tend to find this is very much one of those um, kind of like the restaurant that uh, doesn't advertise. You have to be shown it by a friend. 
Uh, yeah, you know, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna say that when I when I did our first little plug of what high shelf gaming was all about, Acquire was in the back of my mind. Out of the way games that we enjoy that maybe you haven't played yet, you probably should. And this is that game. Like I talk about Acquire to people, and they're like, I've seen it, you know, never played it. And it's like, oh, you should play it. It and is the, the Rolo of games. <laughs> nobody ever goes to the store to buy rollos but is anybody ever upset when they get a rollo no they're just a pain in the ass to unwrap them all <laughs> and, and this game can be kind of a pain in the ass to learn because that first game is uh, brutal it can be it can be a little tough yeah um and and so i would i would say like if you're being shown the game by somebody who knows how to play the game um you're you're not going to come in first you may not come in second but that's okay. Ro- You're you mean learning. Roll for the galaxy, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a lot like that. In that, <laughs> you mean the first time you play, the first uh... <laughs> fifteen times I play the game, I never win. Thank you, Daniel. <laughs> well, yeah, Daniel. Daniel just stomps me. Daniel's another one of those really good acquire players. Oh, and by right? the way, Daniel doesn't even want to stomp me. He's like, uh, I'm just gonna roll half my dice. Let's let, <laughs> let Rich catch up, and he still stomps me. So. I have a feeling me and Acquire are going to have a very love-hate relationship. Fair. <laughs> now, I will say... Oh, um, did you say Daniel's good at Acquire? Oh, dude, he's so good at Acquire. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because, again, Acquire is a memory game, right? Especially when you play cards down, money down. It's all about memory, right? Oh, I remember he bought nine shares in that hotel, but did he buy when the hotel was only two tiles large or when it was seven tiles large? Ooh, Rich, right? this is not a drinking game. No. Yeah, I'm, I'm already <laughs> worried because I'm, I'm already drinking tonight. So let me ask this. Okay, you talked about buying when it was this or this. When I looked at the pictures online, they stack. So that's, that's what kind of made me think of Cones of Dunshire. Oh. Okay. What's up with the stacking shit? So that is the, that is the, the model for the hotel. That tells you which chain it is. Yeah. It's not really stacking. It's like a label. Yeah. Okay. So there, there's, there's, the tiles never go above two. There's one on the bottom that you've pulled out like a Scrabble tile. Right. And then there's a hotel you sit on top, and that means it's masterwork. And, and, and the, well, the hotel that sits on top accounts for that entire group. So mm, all the tiles the that are touching, are... you know, left, right, up, and down. All of those tiles. What do you mean up or down? No diagonals. Like, yeah, diagonals don't count. Oh, okay, okay, okay. It has yeah. to share an edge. Yep. Lefts and rights. Thank you, yeah. Ups and downs. All of those are grouped as one hotel chain. And that's what that's why you see the little icons. I, I think in the the newer version, it's like a it's like a little cardboard chit mm-hmm. or something that it's two tiles wide. So it just lays across two tiles, and then it, it you know it grows out from there. Oh, you're right. I see it. That's so cheesy, though. I like the little, <laughs> I like the right. Little, I like the little hotel things. What does the 1964 set have? I'm trying to find. They refer to them as bookshelf games back then. Oh mm-hmm. my gosh, is it like the like they they actually look like New York City skyline towers? The old tiles, instead of having like molded plastic towers. The original game just, just had a little plastic squares. Is what another, got. yeah, it was the same shape oh, I see of square. <clears throat> I see it, I but see it, it had like the T on it for mm-hmm. tower or a C for continental. Continental. And what were the cards for? Those are your shares. Ah, yep. so you have monopoly money. You got shares. No, there's no monopoly money. There's no money. There's there's money, but there's no monopoly money. Oh, oh, That's... you know what I mean, though. It's fake money. <laughs> no, it's real money. 
You you go ahead and ante up. No, it's made up. It's made up, Dave. Don't try and take my money when we play. To play this game, everybody has to ante in nine hundred bucks. This is David, like how you David taught me play. how to play Magic the Gathering. Ryan would be like, "Oh, you got any up fifty bucks, dude?" That's right. That's Let right. Let me bring out my Power Nine. Fuck a bunch of you. It, we, we we played Penny Acquire, right? So every one dollar is a penny, and every <laughs> no. Oh man, I, you know, I want to say this is probably the only economics modeling game <laughs> that I've played that I've really like sucked my teeth into, but there's got to be other games that do a good job of this. There are, there's unfortunately, there's not a whole lot of them in the board game space. Hmm. Uh, there's uh, some computer simulations. Now at the same time, it, it seems to me that most of the economic Sims, you know, out there aren't like acquire and that they're just not fun. Um, they, they might be challenging sure. and you might, you know, feel a sense of, you know, accomplishment, but as far as, you know, wanting to sit down and play with friends, unless it's just, uh, you know, humiliate them, there's not a whole lot of, uh, you know, fun in them. I think in the computer space, um, Railroad Tycoon 2, absolutely fantastic job of uh, simulating an economic model that it taught me more about equity markets than, uh, college did. I mean... There was just so much content to that particular game. Uh, Acquires a simpler model. Yeah. Simpler, more simple, more simple mm-hmm. there than that um, because it's, you know, a board game with a limited number of chits, but it feels kind of the same in that the the game that you're playing, you know, on the surface isn't really, you know, the game that's going on. You acquire, it comes across as this game of hotels, but it's really a game about markets. Mm-hmm. EVE Online. Oh, that's... Yes, you know, that's a spaceship. You go out and blow Dude. people up and, and all of that. But that's really a game about markets. That's yeah. not a game. That is a K-hole is what that is. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're... Oh, man, I'm so glad you brought up EVE Online because, yes, that is... Oh, my is, God, Barry. Were, were, you, were you... Oh, in, dude. Were you on EVE Online? Dude, did Barry you, and I... You, were you I, guys... Barry and I, I did played a little so bit much. Of we did so much EVE Online. Boy Club? Now, we, we felt like we were really important, but in the grand scheme of things, we were nobody within the game. That's but in, the game in, in our close. market, in our corner of the game, we were awesome. But in the game overall, no. <laughs> we were nothing. <laughs> okay, now while you were explaining this game, you know what I thought of? Power Grid. Oh. I keep hearing about that game, and I keep being told to play it, and I haven't oh, yet. Oh, Barry. Interesting, yeah. It I have has not played- a... Oh my gosh, are you kidding me? Yeah, I've not played Power Grid. I cannot believe you guys didn't bring up Power Grid when you were talking about this economic modeling type Well, now you know why, because Um, we're ignorant. I know what we're going to play at Gen Con. I played a game of that at Board Game Geek Con last year, and Daniel and Ryan destroyed me. They Mm -hmm. destroyed me, because I was Mm -hmm. playing with two cutthroat guys like Mm -hmm. you two. Mm-hmm. It was mm-hmm. it was my first game. It was so rough. It hurt so oh, bad. You know what? Actually, I, I do want to mention something. Uh, Barry and I both do this, and that is there is a friendly game mode of Barry and David when we play Acquire, mm-hmm. and there's the not friendly game mode. And I think that it's really important for anybody who's playing Acquire to have those two modes. Because if you want friends to play Acquire with you, you have to have friendly friendly guy version for a little while. You uh, know? <laughs> yeah, and I'm going to say they were probably friendly guy version too. Wow, just to okay. give them props. Yeah. They just okay. they were really good at those type of games. Guys, you need to check out Power Grid. As you were talking to me about it, everybody comment, say, go play Power Grid, guys. 
because I think you're going to feel some of the, th the same things there. How long does it take to play? I mean, you kind of talk about seven, is there seven hotels? Really? That's all you can buy on the cards, right? It looked like mm -hmm. there were seven piles of cards. Yeah, right. They so it has a come clock. and go in the game though. Oh, right. so it doesn't have a clock. It's not like nope. as soon as the seventh one out, we're done. So there's a few different game ending possibilities. Um, you know, one is that every chain currently on the board is safe, um, which can happen, you know, at different points in time. That could be that there are two hotels on the board that are, and those are the only two board, you know, hotels on the board, and both of them have reached, you know, size 10. It's going to be a very short game. And they reach size 10 because of the outlying mergered hotels add up to its points. Well, or, every or tile. Somebody just laid ten tiles next to it. Yep. Okay. Like, like that's another strategy is is laying your tile. We didn't even talk about this. If I have a small hotel and Barry has a small hotel, it is a huge advantage for me to make his hotel bigger. Early. In the early game. <laughs> In the very early game, man, dropping a third or fourth tile there. Oh man, that can just kill somebody's momentum on mm -hmm. buying into their own hotel. They're like, no, no, I don't, I can't afford this now. <laughs> And, and you'll hold on to tiles, I mean, the whole game, just waiting, you, you know, for the merger. It's like, all right, I control everything along this border. I get to control this. Um, so the all hotel safe is, uh, you know, one. Another one is uh, if any hotel reaches size 41, the game's over. It seems like there's a third one, but I can't think of what it is. Do you remember, yeah, David? Uh, so I, I think those are the I think those are the only two. But you can get to all hotels safe in a couple of weird way, ways. Well, cool. Uh, Barry, do you have any other items that we want to make sure we mention about Acquire? There are a few online versions of it. When you find those, you tend to find people that love the game and will play you crazy hard. And you don't know who they are. So it, those are fun to play. Well, I will put out the call. If there's anybody out here who loves Acquire and wants to play Cutthroat Acquire, let Barry and I know. <laughs> we will happily sit down and play money down cards down any day. <laughs> Absolutely. Great game. Um, especially if, if, if you're really, really good. I, I love playing against people that can wipe the floor with me because I learned so much. Yeah. Dude, Barry, thanks a ton for coming on, man. I'm so glad we finally got to have you on the show. This has been, this has been great fun for me. I enjoyed it. Thanks for giving me the opportunity to talk about the game. Hope uh, people out there give it a shot. It's a great game. Well, folks, um, I think we're going to end it here. Rich is, had to run off and go take care of something. So, uh, you know, all good there. Uh, for everybody else at home, as always, have fun and play well. And I'm going to splice in Rich going, may all your rolls be crits. May all your rolls be crits. Thanks for listening. This episode was produced by me, David Gillespie, with music provided by Taylor Guillory. Our web presence is managed by Amy Nelson. And if you like our style, please leave a review for us on iTunes. It's the best way to help people find us. Most importantly, though, feel welcome to connect with us on Twitter, our Facebook group, Discord server, our Friday night Twitch streams, and our website, all under the name High Shelf Gaming. We really look forward to talking and playing games with you. God damn it, cat. Come on. There's so much shit here. Why do you got to jump right where that's at? Because I'm a cat and I'm an asshole. 
is it kind of redundant to say it's a cat and he's an asshole? That is very redundant. I love when someone put on Reddit, they built their, my, my, I'm babysitting my friend's cat and I built it a fort and the cat's on top of all these cardboard boxes and it's written <laughs> fort asshole. <laughs> I was like, dude, that's so fucking perfect. Welcome to Fort Asshole.